welcome to Allergy Dragon's Lair. My name is Martha Morgan. I'm a specialty diet and allergy chef, and I also happen to have celiac disease and multiple food allergies. But my biggest claim to fame is raising a child with over 30 food allergies and celiac disease. Okay, so this time I have a special guest, a great guest, a, a nice, you know, I really say that every time, but I really mean it every time. So this time I have Kyle Dine with from Equal Eats, uh, who happens to actually be an internet friend of mine who actually became a real life friend officially in June of this year. We actually got to meet for the first time in person. So that was very cool. Okay, so but before we jump into this episode, a quick disclaimer, the views expressed here on our show are the personal opinions and life experiences of our guests and ourselves. We are not healthcare providers or doctors. Please seek advice from your healthcare professional for any diagnosis or changes to your healthcare plan. Okay, Kyle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me, Martha. It is a thrill. I'm glad that we've transitioned from internet friends to real life friends and now somehow back to internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're just not that close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, really happy to be here. So we're going to dive in. Um, Kyle, I know a lot about you. Some of our viewers may not. So Kyle, can you share with us about your life and how you got to where you are today? Kind of like a, I know it's a big, broad spectrum, but kind of start wherever you want to. All right. So I was born um, <laughs> a long, long time ago. And I was one of those uh, those uh, 80s babies that had some very severe food allergies. And uh, it was pretty rare back then. And Back in the 80s, there's a lot of challenges in terms of general awareness, um, even just access to epinephrine. Or the EpiPen wasn't on the market yet, so we had other alternatives back then. Um, and it's it was a grind for my parents. And because of that, I grew up uh, not being as aware as, as uh, many families would be now, not having the support. So um, I took a lot of risks. I didn't take it as seriously as, as I should have. Fast forward a few years into the teenage years where I was very cavalier with my allergies. And then all of a sudden, I got my wake up call when I was 21 years old. And I was with my family on Christmas Day and um, just assumed that one dessert was safe, didn't ask enough questions, and had a full blown anaphylactic reaction right before our family's turkey dinner. It was a harrowing experience that flipped my life completely upside down and um, took some time after that to really think through how severe these allergies really are for me. And uh, I never want a reaction like that to happen. I knew other people with food allergies too that um, also didn't take them as seriously as they should. Um, and I really started to, to flip my thinking overall and wanted to be more of an advocate for a community to help them realize how serious it can be, the, the preventative steps that we can take. And um, it led to a whole bunch of different initiatives using, you know, like, the talents that I have. And that's the beautiful thing about our community. It's a, it's great people using whatever skills they have to try to make a difference. And for me, it's been music. Uh, I picked up my guitar, started writing songs for children, going to schools, educating through assemblies about food allergies. So that's been going on for over a decade in a thousand schools now. And through business, uh, I have a business degree. So wanted to start a company that could help people uh, dine safer anywhere in the world. So it's, it's been almost my whole life of being involved in allergy in one way or another. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're, I as like, when we're born this way, you can't help, but, um, kind of make it your life's call at some point. I think you have to go through that. It's a process to get to the point where you can embrace it, I think, and, and build enough confidence, um, to, to really not be ashamed of it, not feel like you're a burden for it and actually be empowered. And at that point, you can be so much safer and you can impact others as well that you see are kind of where you used to be on that journey. 
Exactly. And like, like you said, we all have different talents and I know you've, you've done the music and that kind of thing, which has really connected quite a few people. I mean, I even know my, my kiddo has, you know, seen some of the online things at some point, they were a little bit older when they saw yours. And then I always say that I'm the OG allergy mom, but like your mom's really the, uh, one of the OG allergy moms <laughs> because I was like, there was no Google, there was no, you know, internet. Google had just started. We had dial up internet when I started this labeling laws didn't go into effect. Like, so people don't really realize that until like 2004, 2005 here in the US. And like, they just don't understand how we've grown and there's still so much more to do, but the ease of it's much easier now than it used to be as far as trying to find foods. But I won't go in, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> there's still a lot of work to be done. Like the fact that it's just, it's a global issue. And I think I, I like the fact that you bring yourself forward and you embrace who you are and you show everybody else that it's, it's safe to be who you are. Yeah. And I think uh, overall, we've come a long way and it's easy to 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 get frustrated about what's not being done right now and all of the gaps that that do exist and they do but the fact is we have come a long way as a community in the last 30 40 years when, when i was growing up there was no patient groups there was no uh, advocacy groups there was no work being done to move things forward so it's it's actually grown exponentially in the last 20 years um, and there's so much funding going into it now so uh, it's amazing just to see all of the support now that's pouring out. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's still a long way to go. Yeah, exactly. It's the positive spin, which is why I think I've always connected with you, which is the fact that, you know, there's a lot of positives. You can still have a positive life and a happy life out of this. So um, no matter what struggle you're going through, whether you don't have allergies or you have celiac disease or, or something else, I mean, everybody has a struggle that they have to deal with. And music and food really kind of connect everybody. So that's why it needs to be all embraced. Fully agree. And, you know, it's it's taking ownership of those things that make us unique and, and different. And it's easy to think negative when it's something that makes you different. But I think once you get along that journey of embracing it, you start to get empowered and you start to realize that it could be worse. Um, I, I do feel fortunate that it's a manageable condition. I know I need to avoid a whole bunch of foods. I know I need to carry my my adrenaline with me at all times. And that, and I do, and it has worked and it saved my life. So I, I, I do a lot of self-talk to, to remind myself, I'm okay. I can do anything. I'm going to be fine. I've got all of these strategies in place. So that always grounds me. Yep. Well, we're going to go on to the next question, which is one of the, my favorite things that you created is Equal Eats. And we have used your company for the youngest kiddo to go to college and not necessarily the, the way you initially thought of it in retail aspects. But it's very, very cool. Being a chef, um, I really wish that everybody carried one or had something <laughs> that they could take because it not only do these cards that you have to have instructions on them, but you can make them in different languages and all different kinds of things. So can you please share with us what led you to create it and what it is? Yeah. So let's start with what it is. And it's pretty straightforward. We make cards. We make dietary communication cards for people with food allergies, dietary restrictions. So this is, we have a milk allergy card example here. If I flip it around, it is in Bulgarian. So we, we create these allergy cards in 50 different languages. We can create for one specific allergy. If you have a long list of allergies like myself, we can do customized cards like this. This one's in Slovenian. And then for, for folks that have combinations of allergies, intolerance, celiac disease, we can 
make that happen too, where we put them all together. And ideally, this is a tool that you can use to communicate effectively. When I go to restaurants, I've had the eye rolls when I make the spiel, unfortunately, in the past about all of the things I can't eat. And I see them trying to remember them. And I don't trust that they're going to. So to actually have it in writing and give them something professional, plastic credit card size tool that they can then give to the kitchen staff, to the chef. They know I mean business. They they know that it's a serious thing and it has additional wording on it about being mindful of cross-contamination, cross-contact, sample foods to avoid. For instance, for the milk card here, it's saying uh, milk can be found in the obvious places, cream, cheese, yogurts, but also casein and whey and some some of these other things to think about. So it's a, does this completely solve the problem of, of creating awareness? No, but it triggers more awareness about your condition. It, it, it helps bridge communication barriers and not just in English in your own town, but around the world. And this is kind of our, our, our big product are these translation cards. And what led to all of this, I really can't pinpoint one specific event. I've had many reactions, unfortunately. I've had reactions overseas. And I think with most people in our community, it's it's almost just a lifetime of dealing with, with a lot, a lot of struggles, a lot of those eye rolls, a lot of feeling like you weren't included, a lot of times where you didn't feel safe and confident. And it, it all kind of came together into wanting to make a difference to help us feel more confident, to help us feel that when we dine out, we're equal. Uh, we should have an equal seat at the table and we should be able to enjoy food like everybody else. Because right for, for many of us, it's not an enjoyable experience. We're nervous, we're anxious, we're second guessing, we're flipping the hamburger bun, like we're, we're really on edge. So this is a tool to help get us to a better place where we have more confidence and safety. And I think the tool itself is awesome because sometimes you just need that visual aid for somebody and then also the, the being able to be in a different language as well. But if you go beyond like three things, that's why I tell people, I'm like, it's like the rule of three. If we start going beyond three, then that's kind of like, oh, wait a minute, what did you say? What did did you say you were allergic to? What is yeah. that? You know? Um, so yeah, I think, and, and there's so many of us that are beyond three or beyond the top nine. So. <laughs> if you can, if you can repeat my allergies back to me, like congrats, it's peanuts, tree nuts, egg, fish, shellfish, and mustard, but that's hard. <laughs> to mm-hmm. repeat that right back. So that's why I put them in writing. And, uh, and it really does help when when I do dine out that it's nothing slips through the cracks. I think it's awesome. Like I said, we've used the product too as well with over 30 plus food allergies and celiac disease. Fun times. We still, it's still a little bit, you know, hit or miss sometimes with the youngest going out to eat, but I've used them and they really do work. So what are your future plans for Equal Eat? If you can tell us anything. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I guess I'll start with where we're at right now. And that is we We survived the pandemic as a small business uh, in the travel and food service industry. So for that, I'm incredibly proud. We had to really, uh, (laughs) we had to really survive to to be honest, but it's wonderful to see people traveling. It's wonderful to be, to see people dining out more and more now. And we're happy to be a part of that as people start to gain their own confidence again with, with all of these things in in the world now. So we're kind of getting our feet under us now, uh, trying to find our stride in a normal market. And we're, we're getting there. We're feeling really good. And we're the next steps, essentially, for what we're doing right now, we'll expand. We'll make some new languages available. But we're thinking a lot bigger in terms of how to really solve the problem. And if you think about when we dine out, part of the problem is disclosing. 
from, from a consumer side. There's so many of us in our community that don't disclose or they do sometimes or they're embarrassed or there's so many psychosocial aspects of this where sometimes we just reason with ourselves that we don't need to this time. I've had it before. It should be fine. So that that step in disclosing is huge. And we're trying to help solve that of accurate disclosure of your dietary restrictions. The other side of the problem is the food service side. And there's times we've all been there where we say everything, we we say all the right things and give our spiel, and it still goes right, right over their head. It still slips through the crack. It's still a game of broken telephone in a kitchen. And even though we've done everything right. So to really solve the problem, we're, we're going to be looking at both sides in terms of consumers disclosing and restaurants getting that information accurately and giving back their information to us in terms of transparency of their procedures, their policies, and also their ingredient information. So we are updating our app. We're going to be launching it in about a month from now. So it's going to be in the spring of 2023. And we're laying the foundation of a digital communication tool for people with dietary restrictions, essentially a app where you can share what you're allergic to, whether it's through to your friends, whether it's a text message, an email to a restaurant, you want to paste it in a food delivery service app. That is step one. Step two is starting to connect that app to the food service industry. So we can start having two-way communication. And ideally, we're getting to a point where imagine this, we walk into a restaurant, we, we tap our phone in a restaurant, our information is going right into their system. They're getting that seamless transfer of data. So they know exactly what we're allergic to. We're getting a filtered menu back to us of what we can eat based on their ingredient information. And we're getting that information too. And essentially, it's starting to start a more accurate dialogue between server and consumer, but using some technology where we can at least make sure that that transfer of information is happening, it's accurate, but still having that good old fashioned conversation because there's still, that still needs to be done, still needs to be, to be, to happen. So that's, that's the long-term goal. Um, we're, we're, again, we're, we're just surviving the pandemic. So we're, we're kind of going from A to B at this point, but to get mm -hmm. to that, that next big phase, we're laying that groundwork right now, which is really exciting. No, I love the fact that you're looking at both sides because it really, it, it is definitely a relationship with the person making your food. Um, I can say this from a sh most chefs, I, I can't speak for every chef in the world, most chefs out there, we want to feed you. We want you to have a, a good experience or we wouldn't have gotten in the business. So I personally always hate saying no, but I would rather have a confident no than a iffy yes any day. Absolutely. And, and I think we need to help the food service industry more as, as a community because we're in a place now where there, there's so many people that actually tell a different story about what their dietary restriction is. You know, an intolerance is now a food allergy, so we can maybe get it taken seriously or they're, they're watering it down and calling it something else. And, you know, for food service staff, they don't really know what they're dealing with every, every time someone's disclosing. So to actually start having a more standardized approach across all dietary restrictions. This is from, from what our food service advisors are telling us. Tell us what it is that you're dealing with, and then we can use the correct protocol to cook for you. Um, and, and really, we're just trying to facilitate that those type of dialogues, which right now it's it's really a scramble. And I think that we can do a better job as a community to to, to streamline that and then help the food service industry receive that. And then reward them, you know, by by having people connected to the restaurants that really do care, that want to cater to them. We should be telling 
our community what where these places are. We should be giving them five-star ratings and rewarding them on a business side for doing a great job. I do. And I love that aspect. So I can't wait to see the app and everything else roll out and see how things work out in long term. I think Equal Eats itself has a lot of different, you know, aspects that it can be used in. Having something for Vesper, we expanded on it. Uh, Their uh, college chefs actually had it because like you said, if you have more than one item, Oh, well, we can make, oh, no, we can't because they can't have that. You know, the chefs would always look back into it and just really loved having those there. And I understand the aspect of being in, in a kitchen. And then sometimes you have um, people that are, you know, English as a second language here in America. And so sometimes those transcribed cards can work wonders on that if you're going to a Mexican restaurant where for everybody that their native language is Spanish and you don't necessarily speak Spanish, um, it may help them serve you better. So, I mean, I think it has so many different utilizations in the restaurant field and, and just communicating our needs. And I think anytime we can help a communication, it just makes everyone's life so much easier. <laughs> right. And and that's that's something that we really take pride in is the accuracy of our translations. This is no online translator tool. We go through humans every step of the way. Every every little piece of information on our cards was was essentially came from our community. They, they wanted these specific information. We consulted with about 2,000 people in the creation of the cards. And then when we got to the translation aspect, we hired professional translators. We hired then a professional proofreader for each language. And then just to drive myself crazy, I took it to another step further. And I hired just average native speakers that talk the talk on the ground just to make sure our technical translations that are coming from from professionals actually talk the talk. Um, and sometimes there was there was some inaccuracies in terms of that's true, but in real life, we actually say it more like this or it's a little bit different. So we really try to make accuracy at the forefront um, because when you do use it anywhere, we want to be taken seriously. And if they're not fully understanding what's being said, uh, all, all of a sudden it's getting watered down. So it's the whole package. It's the fact that it's on a plastic card. It looks professional. It reads professional. This is all really important to us. Well, awesome, awesome. Uh, all good things. So excited for you um, and us. So, like, we actually got to meet in person. And I can't believe it was just June. Like, it's just time goes by so quickly, doesn't it? Um <laughs> It was so great to meet you. You're just one of those one of those people I always put on on such a pedestal online. Like I'm always following. I'm curious what you're doing, and you're a celebrity in my life. So it was really really cool to to just meet you in person. I was just like, oh, there she is. This is happening. <laughs> that is funny and way too sweet. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't have my chef coat on though. At first, you didn't really remember me or so. You know, you said, "Wait a minute, you don't have your chef coat on." Right. <laughs> yeah, some of my celebrity chef coat. outfit. <laughs> It happens quite a bit. So um, anyway, if I don't have the green chef coat on. Thank you so much for uh, coming by, uh, Kyle. Um, Is there anything else you want to kind of like, you know, approach or anything that we didn't, you know, get to say or anything before we wrap up? Uh, You know, for I think I would just say overall to anybody listening that, you know, we're, we're talking about dining out, we're talking about travel here. And if you're not ready for any of it, that's okay. We're all at different stages in our allergy and dietary journeys. So I always find even, especially after I've had severe reactions, it takes time to get your confidence up, to build your your, your circle of trust again. So take it in strides, take it in small steps, take it in whatever path you want, but um, don't feel pressured to to do things that you're not comfortable with take it in stride and you'll get there and you know if you're not thinking about international travel right now 
that's totally fine. I wasn't for half my life. But when you start to make those steps, you start to do the planning, you see it's it is all possible with food allergies and celiac disease or whatever it is. So um, just as a final thought, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to to not jump right into it. But do try to progress because the world is a beautiful place. Allergies don't have to slow us down. We don't want our kids to be limited by their allergies. We want to show them that it's all possible. So take take those little steps and, and you'll get there. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably my final thought. <laughs> Just a little motivational speech. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, I oh, just adore you, Kyle. Um, you're—I don't, I don't know if I would call you. Well, you're just one of the celebrities, uh, musical celebrities, to me. We'll <laughs> that way. So, as always, we will have all the information for Kyle and Equal Eats. Um, he's doing music. I saw something online about maybe you know some other stuff with music going on. So keep your eyes peeled for that in the near future. Uh, check out Equal Eats. As well, the links will be down below. Make sure you subscribe and share this podcast. Hey, then we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for coming by, Kyle, and we'll talk to you. Bye. Bye.